The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Itruia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I was really nervous about that first sentence in that Gospel reading with all those those names. you know, there's, there seems to be a, a pattern in my life, and, and maybe you've noticed in this year, in, uh, in your life too, um, that when I'm high, in some way, uh, I get knocked down. Uh, when I'm down low, something or someone comes to lift me up out of it, uh, at least eventually. And so when I'm on my high horse, you could say, uh, eventually uh, I get knocked down, uh, and uh, when I'm down in the ditch, sooner or later, someone or something actually comes and, and lifts me out of it. And it's usually not me. <laughs> it's usually, it, it comes from outside. But just a few examples. I remember a vivid memory of um, playing baseball when I was like 13 years old or so. And uh, I, I basically left Little League and went into a league that was uh, middle school and high school uh, age, and I was, you know, I was in middle school, so I was playing with kids who were a lot older than me, and I just, I went from being the star Little League player to being the bottom of the totem pole, and, but we made our team all the way to, um, you know, sort of a championship series, and I finally was doing well in the championship, and I remember I, I hit the ball, and uh, I, I don't know, I think I got a double or something, and I just wasn't paying, after that, I was so... Uh, so, you know, excited about what, I mean, just the best hit I'd gotten a long time, and here we are in the championship, that I forgot to pay attention to the third base coach. And he, like, in the front of everybody, uh, basically, you know, timeout, Schneider just yelled at me. I mean, just laid it into me. I mean, instantaneously went from hitting that double and just, you know, oh, here I am. <laughs> Schneider, and you know, you gotta pay attention. <clears throat> and so, come from up here all the way down within a matter of less than a minute. Um, or I remember uh, when I was in my fraternity, uh, my senior year, uh, fall semester, I was the in charge of member education, so all the pledges. And uh, I felt like I had such a good program, like uh, revitalized the program basically for all the newcomers, and uh, thought I was just a shoe in obviously, to be reelected that spring term, and, and I, I wasn't. Uh, another guy who um, 
basically uh, said that because of my revitalization efforts that I ruined the program, he won. Um, and so, you know, after giving it my all and doing what I thought was like a, a great program and feeling like, of course, at this election, they're going to vote for me again, I lost. But the opposite is true. I remember when I moved to Washington, D.C., uh, to be closer to, who's now my wife, Holly, uh, was my girlfriend at the time, just uh, with uh, no prospects whatsoever, moved to Washington, D.C. I had some savings that could get me by for a few months, and I was on a job hunt, and when that savings was basically running down to a trickle, and I thought, I'm just, I, I'm going to run out of money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I finally got called back. Uh, for a job, and I ended up getting that job, uh, but it almost had to, to go to rock bottom before, uh, before uh, it made sense that I would get the call back for this job, and therefore we had so much gratitude about it. Or even when I met Holly, you know, we met uh, many years ago uh, when I was in college, and uh, I, uh, we met in France, if you don't know that, Nice, France, and what happened before I went to Nice, France is first my girlfriend broke up with me, and the company that I was working for in the dot-com boom declared bankruptcy. Um, <clears throat> and so I was kind of depressed. Uh, so I went to France, and I met my wife. Um, you know, so it just it seems that that's kind of the, the pattern of things. I was watching this movie uh, documentary uh, called Searching for Sugar Man, which is about a, a musician, a rock star from the 60s, uh, who's American from Detroit, Latino guy, and uh, someone asked in the documentary about how many uh, albums did he sell in the United States? And I said, probably about six. But he did not know for several decades that he was the absolute biggest rock star in South Africa. Because they were in the midst of the apartheid. Somebody snuck in one of the Sugar Man's albums and illegally reproduced it. And he became the soundtrack, the rock and roll soundtrack for the apartheid. Uh, the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa and uh, gets a phone call well into his middle ages one day and did you know that you're uh, the biggest thing <laughs> in South Africa? Uh, you know, and he was living in dire poverty in Detroit and now he's, uh, he's traveling, he has a, a documentary that's made about him uh, and uh, he's, he's gone on tour, he's gone back to South Africa several times and it just was, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, least expected. And you know, compare that to the, the way that the wor world works on the opposite end of the spectrum. In uh, the last year about, or year and a half or so, I saw two big-time, well-known pastors be knocked down. The first one, uh, Mark Driscoll of Mars Hills Church in, in Seattle. Uh, and basically, the bottom line there is, if you ask like, what happened, what everybody kind of says is, he was, he was mean. Uh, he was kind of a jerk. He was hard to work with. Uh, but he was, and he still is, famous books, thousands, millions of people following him online, and it just couldn't last. And the other one, more recently, closer to my heart, which uh, is really sad, is what happened to Tulian Chavijan and uh, Coral Ridge in Florida, uh, Billy Graham's uh, grandson, and, uh, and losing his job there after an extramarital affair. And a friend of mine, in, in, in thinking through what happened with Mark Driscoll and Tulian Chavijan, put it so well when he, when he said, uh, you cannot be a rock star and a pastor. 
the, the way of the world is that if you're a rock star and a pastor, it will, just, it will knock you down. Uh, it, it happens over and over again. Uh, sort of the opposite of when you don't think you're a rock star, like Rodriguez, who uh, was the, the, the musician that uh, Searching for Sugar Man was about, did not believe he was a rock star and come to find out he actually was uh, living a secret life. Um, well, the beginning of Luke's gospel um, says something quite similar. Um, when it juxtaposes uh, the people of power and, uh, uh, to, to John's message, the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist's message is juxtaposed here in chapter 3 to this litany of, of all these people, um, Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, uh, Philip, uh, 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 Licinius and uh, Annas and Caiaphas, who we learn more about later, all these people of great power, both either religious leadership or imperial or, or Jewish uh, government power, is juxtaposed to what John the Baptist has to say when he quotes Isaiah uh, and gives this sort of uh, message of uh, repentance by baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And when he quotes Isaiah and says, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Every valley shall be filled up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And there's a Lucan theme in Luke's gospel. He has a theme of humbling the exalted and exalting, I don't even want to say the humble, but the humiliated. Um, humbling the exalted and yet exalting the humiliated. Just listen to, to Mary's song, the Magnificat, uh, when the angel Gabriel comes and gives her the news, not only about her, but, uh, but what this means for Israel and the world when she will bear uh, a son and he'll be the savior of the world. And she sings the song that says, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the hum- those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Uh, and then later in both the parables of the wedding feast and the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Jesus ends both of those parallels by basically saying, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and, uh, and uh, those who uh, and, and humbles uh, uh, he'll humble those who, those who are humble will be exalted. Sorry, there's a typo on my notes. Uh, but you get the point. Um, <clears throat> every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Um, this message of, uh, uh, of uh, humbling those who are on their high horse, as I was after I had hit that double, um, and the coach just gave it to me, um, or exalting... The humiliated, you know, um, when uh, I got that job, when I just really had literally almost hit rock bottom in my savings account, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low, is the message that, uh, that, that John the Baptist gives us, quoting Isaiah, when he's preparing the way of the Lord. Well, the bad news is... Um, is this, the bad news is this, that we are the mountains. Um, we are the Pharisees, the high priests, the Romans, the, uh, uh, the proud, the mighty, and those who choose the places of honor. Um, we are basically sinners uh, who need humbling. 
You know, we're, we're, we're basically Mark Driscoll or Tulane Chavidjan uh, or, the, you know, the Little League player who had hit, just hit that double and thinks he's going to be the next Major League Baseball star um, or the fraternity brother who runs the member ed uh, department and thinks he's a shoe-in uh, because of all that he's done and, and, yet, and yet loses the, uh, the election. Well, the bad news is that Therefore, we're greater sinners than we probably ever imagined. But uh, there is good news. Capital G, capital N. There is good news, though, uh, that uh, we are also the valleys. uh, And those of humble estate, we're the hungry. Those at the lowest places, we are the tax collector. Uh, We are the sufferers who will be lifted up. Um, the jobless, the loveless, and the washed-up rock star, just like Rodriguez. I mean, just listen to the Beatitudes. Um, the uh, Blessed are those who uh, are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, and on and on and on. So the good news is that even though we are greater sinners than we might ever have imagined, Jesus Christ is also, and more importantly, a greater Savior than we can ever imagine. Uh, And this is the message that John the Baptist uh, was announcing in the wilderness, in the Jordan Valley, uh, to to people out there, just like me and you. uh, You know, the, 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 the message of baptism was for up to that point, and still to this point, you know, because John was basically an Old Testament prophet, Baptism was for the unwashed Gentiles. It wasn't for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles. And he's preaching to the whole world. He's preaching chiefly to the Jews uh, and the Pharisees and saying, you need to be baptized too. Everybody uh, is, uh, is uh, the mountain that needs to be brought low and, and be washed. Uh, and so much so that not only... Are we humbled? But in order to save us, the humiliated, Jesus Christ himself condescends into lowly human form to be with us and for us and to save us. Do you remember the, um, the old, and this is the last thing I'll say, do you remember the old uh, sort of poppy song, People Got to Be Free, by the young rascals that started this way? All the world over, so easy to see. People everywhere just want to be free. Listen, please listen. That's the way it should be. Peace in the valley, they say. People got to be free. Well, and so I give to you, um, in the long shadow of both John the Baptist and especially Jesus Christ himself, a message this, uh, today, this evening, of peace in the valley. Peace in the valley. Uh, people just got to be free. You know, I mean, uh, forget about the mountaintops, really. I mean, we need to be humiliated, but we are for the most part, aren't we? And so what I want to say is uh, you're probably down there and uh, peace in the valley. People just got to be free. And thanks be to God that Jesus Christ came for such a ministry. Amen.